Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hey, hey, friends. I don't know if you're a regular listener or not, or whether you just heard the title of this episode and thought, hey, I could use a little drama in my day. Let's tune in. But I've got a treat for you guys. I'm going to talk about firing my husband. Yes, that is a doozy. And it was actually not as bad as it sounds, but it kind of was a big deal over here. So I'm going to dive in. And yes, friends, fans, yeah, I totally lifted the friends concept where I say the one where, because this episode's been brewing for a while. In fact, in February, like months and months ago, I was sitting at a conference and a bunch of my, you know, business colleague friend type people were like, oh, yeah, I want to hear that story. And I said, you know, what? I'll do a podcast about that at some point. So here we are, you know, six months later or so we are doing a podcast about that story. I want to start it off by telling you guys that this podcast started in 2016. I launched it on April 1st because, you know, I'm totally serious and April Fool's Day seems like a good day to start a serious marketing and business podcast, right? But I did not want to start a podcast. Never was on my radar. I hate how my voice sounds on recording. I think it sounds very nasally. I know we all like think our voices sound different in our head than they are in real life, but I did not like it. I hated voicemails. I have a lot of vocal tics and I'll tell you what that means and how I know about it in a little bit. And honestly, I hate talking on the phone. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm not going to hang out chit-chatting on the phone. It's not my deal. But my husband convinced me to start one. A little background. He's an Emmy award-winning audio mixer. And uh, by the way, Next time you like hang out with me in person or on Zoom or whatever, you should totally ask me about the story where I broke a semi. I mean, really, it was our kid, but like I kind of allowed it to happen. It's a whole deal. You should also probably ask me how much it costs to replace said Emmy and why we have not done that yet. So there's some uh, fun little drama for you right there that actually has nothing to do with the firing. But anyway, he is an Emmy award winning audio mixer. He worked in television news for well over a decade in, you know, New York City and like the metropolis of all the high intensity, high stress, everything. And he was no longer doing that. But he was running a podcast production agency at the time. And he was like, why does my wife who's an entrepreneur and has a whole online business not have her own podcast yet? And I just looked at him and was like, mm, nope, hard pass, not interested. Because I know him. And the thing is, he's a perfectionist and he's busy and he was working full time plus this agency. And we only had one kid at the time, but like it was a busy life. And I just, I knew what was going to happen. Anyway, he eventually wore me down. I started the podcast. It was a really great, fun thing. I used it in such a great way to network. It was just, it was great. Everything was really lovely. But even though I set out when I began it to always be three or four weeks ahead on the podcast, most weeks he finished editing the audio at 11 p.m. or worse the night before it published. And back then when I was DIYing everything about the podcast, I didn't love like, you know, not knowing whether it was actually going to be ready in time to go live, but we made it work. And I mean, he worked for free. So surely that counted, right? But... Once I hired a podcast producer to take some of the weekly work off of my plate, his lateness on the editing front started causing problems. So what does this story teach you? 
I mean, you're probably not relying on your husband for serious business work, or if you are, it's something like setting up your new PC and not a regular, must-be-reliable type of activity, right? There are four lessons I learned along the way, and I want to share them with you because whether you have a husband or a spouse or partner or child or friend working for you in your business, there are things that you've got to know about the process and when it's time to release it. The first is that free is good when you're starting scrappy, but it limits you down the road. Yes, keeping costs is super important. Got to keep those costs low if you want to make it past that first year in business or you'll be one of those statistics, right? Even the first five years, but you have to weigh the opportunity cost when you're counting cost. It's not just about the dollar cost. This is also true with other tools that we use. Case in point, a lot of people started with MailChimp as their email autoresponder because it was free or very inexpensive to use. But once they start growing their business, they want to do more things, segment their audience. They want to make sure that certain people are only seeing certain content. All of that becomes very difficult or very expensive. It limits the impact they can have down the road. Two, the second lesson here is that just because it's the way it's always been doesn't mean it can't be better. AKA, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Now, you guys, I'm a smart person. I'm very capable. I mean, unless it like is building a new chicken coop or whatnot, in which case I'm not capable at all. Although if I really set my mind to it, you know, I could probably do that. I just don't want to. Anyway, I digress. Uh, I can do a lot of things. I really enjoy learning. But just because I can transfer all my passwords from one password to LastPass doesn't mean that is the best use of my limited time. This is the $10, $100, and $1,000 concept, right? There are different jobs in your business. And I'm not going to actually say that someone is only worth $10. That's not what I'm saying. But there are certain activities that are a much lower grade of intensity, of strategy, of thinking than other tasks. And you have to kind of separate those out. So what in your business can you and only you do? Those are the $1,000 tasks. When we're talking about $10 tasks compared to those $1,000 tasks, it starts becoming very easy to see what you can hand off. So with my podcast, for example, since it's the major content arm of my business and the major marketing arm, I outsourced a lot of things when I hired my podcast producer. I outsourced show notes, emailing guests, choosing quotes, transcribing and editing the transcriptions, inserting quotes into graphic templates that I've created for sharing on social, but I didn't outsource editing. And at some point I had to question why not? Well, the answer is our third lesson. It was a control thing. So that's what I would say to you. Ask yourself if the reason why you are not releasing this thing in your business or in your life is a control thing. This was definitely the case for my perfectionist husband. He wanted to make sure I sounded my best because he loves me. Everything was well-intentioned. But that perfection wasn't allowing my business to move forward. I was constantly unable to email guest the guest things ahead of time because things were not done. When we started creating audiograms, they couldn't be created until the audio was edited, for example. All of this was making me look less professional than I wanted to be, but it was also meaning I couldn't schedule my social media ahead of time, which then meant sometimes things got missed because I wasn't doing my part of the job on this. That right there is when the control, perfectionism, whatever you want to call it, actually becomes a hindrance. There has to be a time when you say, you know what, this is good enough. 
It's not being lazy. It's not meaning that you're a bad person. And it's not meaning that you don't care for your business. It means that there is an opportunity you have to look at here. And if you are losing out on that opportunity because of the perfectionism, it is time to say, that is too type A for my business to survive. That's not something I have to control personally anymore. And then we move on to number four. Listen, number four here. When you're feeling doubt about releasing something, put a date on it. And I do this, by the way, friends, <laughs> with everything in my life. I actually learned it from my four-year-old. He's currently four. But back when he was, uh, I think it was before he was even two, because it was definitely pre-pandemic, we learned this concept from our speech therapist. First this, then that. And I use it in everything. And no, not just for my kids. I mean, I do use it a lot around my kids. No, first put your shoes on, then we leave. First eat your dinner, then you get a treat. All of those little things make it a lot easier for a kid to cope. They understand what's coming next. They understand the order of things. And since the world feels so disordered, it helps them cope, right? Now let's put that on us as adults, okay? The world can also feel very disordered to us. Yes, we're not toddlers, but we can feel out of control with things. And sometimes it really helps for you to just put a label and a date on something. I've even done this with one of my friends. She's going through like men trouble. She's trying to decide, can I get away with blocking this guy? I don't feel like I can do it. I feel like I'm going to feel guilty. And I said, just block him for 45 minutes. That's it. Just 45 minutes. You can unblock him later. It's fine. He probably won't even know, but you'll know that you're capable of it, right? It's the same thing with releasing whatever this thing is. In my case, obviously, it was having my husband edit the audio of my podcast. It's putting a date on it. Now you can give yourself a milestone to hit with this. You can say, maybe it's when you hit a certain income level three months in a row, then you're going to release or outsource this other thing. Or in our case, my husband and I, it was an outside event that made me take a second look. We were buying a house and it was a project house. And I was looking at all the things that needed to be accomplished real soon, not like over years, but over you know a small number of months. And I thought, if he's spending time editing my podcast, he will not spend time doing things I can't do in our house. Like I cannot put an outlet in and we needed to replace a whole lot of outlets in the house. A lot of more like burnt out to house from the sixties, right? I can't do that. That's outside of my skill set, but he could. And if I was asking him to edit my podcast, then I would literally weighing our house safety <laughs> with something that someone else could do. I was also looking at how many projects we had and knowing that he would be up till two or three in the morning, probably editing a podcast that he'd kind of forgotten about because it was due the next day. And I just didn't want that anymore. So I made a outside event, make, it helped me take a second look at things. And that is what allowed me to say, you know what, my business can afford to pay someone to do this. You know, and I, I wasn't sure if I was going to get the exact same quality level as what my husband offered. Because again, he knows me. He's very careful. He's, you know, I've done this professionally for years and years and a, more than a decade and all of that, right? But I had to take a, a hard look at the lost opportunities we would have by him continuing to do it and the mitigating factors of the fact that some of the things he was editing out probably made me sound a whole lot better than I actually am. But I teach people to show up as they are, verbal tics and all. So anyway, all that to say, put a date on this thing. 
this thing you want to release, this thing you want to fire in my case and, and say, I will do it on this date, or I will do it when this other thing happens, or I will do it when it becomes such a bother to me that I'm actually feeling anxiety and worry over it on a regular basis. When you've done that, you will have learned all of the lessons I learned along the way of firing my husband. Now, it's been, you know, more than six months since I've done this. And if you've been listening to the show on a regular basis, you know the quality hasn't slipped. You know that. I can tell you that not only has the quality not slipped, I am far more comfortable with my podcast today than I ever was. It was an area of stress prior to this because I didn't always know when things were going to happen. And now I do. In fact, my podcast producer, she actually just finished her maternity leave and she had everything so dialed up on her back end. There were hardly any hiccups. I ended up having to email someone on her team once or twice over the entire maternity leave that she took. And it really wasn't a big deal. I knew it was going to get done. It did get done. And we're still working on all the projects in our house. I mean, Everything has gone so much smoother since I did this. So with that hindsight, I can tell you, if you are sitting in the land of maybe this, maybe no, I'm going to tell you, your gut's already told you what to do. You want to release that thing. You want to fire that particular outsourcer. You want to move on so that you can grow your business or grow your free time or grow whatever it is and you know it's being hindered by this thing. So here's my encouragement to you. Do the thing, set the date and get it done. With that said, I will see you guys next week.